everyone. It's Shanika. Welcome back to Horror Hughes. So I just wanted to say thank you to everyone who's listened to the first episode and has given me their feedback on it. I really appreciate it. Um, I cannot go any further without talking about my favorite horror movie, if not my favorite movie of all time. And that is The Lost Boys. And it was directed by Joel Schumacher. So um, I will talk a little bit how I kind of got into horror movies. So we grew up, we were military army brats. And so it was mainly in Germany. So in Germany, we had one channel. I think we got a lot of the shows like months and months later. So we were really huge into renting movies. And then of course, back then we would like record the movies to keep so we could watch again and again. And, um, you know, we kind of did the same thing when we moved to other places. And I really can't remember how old I was the first time I watched it. But my older brother was huge into movies in general and horror movies and so when you know my parents would go out I'm the youngest they were still trying to have a life so they'd be like we're out watch your sister I would hang out with him more and uh you know would usually watch what he watched watched a lot of horror movies so I would watch it with him saw the lost boys and absolutely fell in love um around that time there were movies I mean there was Halloween was already out and Friday the 13th was out but horror movies weren't really being made in this style like this is just a cool movie you know it's like you kind of want to be the Lost Boys or do you want to be the Frog Brothers you know do you want to be Michael me personally I wanted to be Star um this is just like stylized just everything about this movie it's just cool and I personally feel like it still holds up now like 30 what 32 33 years later I've showed it to my oldest son and he enjoyed it you know we'll watch it here and there it's just it's, it's a classic so um, just some facts about the movie. Um, it was shot in 21 days. And this is actually the first film that Corey Haim and Corey Feldman worked on together. And this kind of started the popular um, 1980s trend of the two Corys in which they starred in um, a number of teenage films together. When asked why he did the film, Joel Schumacher simply stated, vampires are hot. <laughs> They're the only erotic monsters. Frankenstein is not hot. I agree with him on that one. And then there was also, so Joel Schumacher, he was an openly gay man. Um, so, he, okay, and, and honestly, if you've seen like the Batman films that he's done, you know, like <laughs> the later ones without Michael Keaton, the ones that have um, Val Kilmer and George Clooney, like Joel Schumacher definitely puts his flair on it. And I think those are it's why those are so entertaining to watch and why the lost boys is entertaining to watch and so there was talk about how sam Corey hames character may or may not have been gay and how he may have played around with that because there's one scene where you see a poster of rob lowe on the outside of sam's closet door and rob lowe has on like a tank top that's cut like a crop top and I remember even watching this movie being like why does he have that poster on his door okay all right and um Joel Schumacher had just recently directed Lowe and St. Elmo's Fire so some are like oh that's just kind of like an ode to Rob Lowe because Joel Schumacher really enjoyed working with him and some are saying that maybe 
this was like sub subtextual about Sam's sexuality, you know, being a reference to him being in the closet, you know, you, you can go a lot of places with it. And there's also things about how Sam, you know, was wearing an air stud, riding a pink bicycle and was being like he was more fashion conscious than like the other characters which is pointed out and this is true I remember really liking Sam's outfits like first it was Star then it was Sam's and um as I was watching the movie again I was like yeah I would wear everything that Sam is rocking so let's get into the movie we start off on a pier and you see a group of guys on a merry-go-round and the leader of the gang is Kiefer Sutherland. You don't know his name yet, but his name is David. He goes up to a girl and caresses her on the face. She has a boyfriend, he gets mad, and then a fight breaks out. A security guard um, or a cop, I'm not sure which one he is, comes up and it's like, break it up. I told you guys to stay off this pier. So, you know, they laugh, walk away. Cut to the next scene, you see the security guy heading to his car. And the thing um, that Joel Schumacher did in this film, there's a lot of play with the camera. So a lot of times you're not seeing the Lost Boys. Well, actually you're kind of seeing it from like their point of view, which is pretty cool. Um, so you see the security guy, like he sees someone like coming at him. And so he starts running to his car. He grabs onto his car door to escape. And then you just see him get like pulled away, um, pulled up into the air, his hand's still on the door. So the door gets ripped off and goes up in the air with him. So after this, it cuts to daytime and you uh, see three people. It's Lucy, the mother, Sam and Michael, played by Jason Patrick. And, you know, they're going through the radio trying to find a song that they all like. And then as they're driving in to Santa Carla, Michael turns around and he sees on the back of it, it says Myrtle Capital of the World. From here, People Are Strange is playing. And it was originally by The Doors, but this version is by Echo and the Bunnymen. And at this point, there's B-roll, and it's shown all types of characters. You know, you can see someone that's a little bit preppy, someone that's a little punk rock. There's homeless people. So it's kind of setting you up to let you know that Santa Carla maybe not is not the most family-friendly place. And then you're also seeing a lot of missing kids posters as well. So eventually, the family, they roll up to Grandpa's house, and he has all types of taxidermy, like figurines, like it's very eclectic. <laughs> they roll up and he's on the porch and they're like, is he dead? And she's like, we see the mom's like, he's not dead. He's just sleeping. And um, so we're supposed to think, you know, grandpa is a weirdo, you know, like old hippie. But honestly, I he's, he's goals. He's living out on his own. He's got all this land, he's got horses, he's unbothered, it's amazing. Far away from everyone, like that's truly my dream one day, to have a place like Grandpa's. He's growing weed in his windowsill, um, he has rules on which snacks not to touch, what drinks not to touch, he's like, this is my shelf. Um, Sam had mentioned something like, there's no TV, if there's no TV, there's no MTV. Don't worry, Sam, it's turned to garbage anyways. 
So <laughs> grandpa says, now when the TV guy comes, the sticker of the mailing address may be peeled. You may want to rip it off, but don't be tempted to do that. And Sam's like, oh, wait, there's a TV. And grandpa's like, why need a TV when you have a TV guide? <laughs> so the boys, Michael and Sam, are running around and then they see grandpa's room with all his taxidermy, like where he works on them, their skulls, you know, just everything. And so the next scene, we are back on the pier. It's nighttime and we see an oiled up, muscled man letting the crowd know that he still believes while he gyrates in some purple tights and plays the saxophone. Jim Capello, everyone. And um, I think actually, yeah, he was here in Colombia. Uh, maybe it's been like a year or so, but he's still he's still playing he's still believing I read an interview like an article one time and I think he got he like is buffed up so he was in bodybuilding and I think he kind of got into drugs and things weren't good for a while but from what I can tell he's he's doing well you know listen here's the thing he is probably so I, I hope so like so financially stable like I said, I hope so, off of just one song. It just takes one good song. Don't try to be like this person that's trying to make hit after hit and tour. Just have that one good song that people still love and the royalties will come in, hopefully. By the way, F you Spotify for upping the um, membership to a dollar. I hope that's going to the artist. Anywho, so Michael is listening to the music he turns around and this is the first time he sets eyes on star and he is smitten which i get because jamie gertz had just like beautiful just like great wavy hair and she had the cutest outfit on i still want that skirt and he's just staring staring and she sees him and she stares coyly and then she goes back to dancing Next, we see the moms on the pier and she sees um, a missing poster being put up and it's the security guard from the beginning of the movie, which is, now that I think about it, that's kind of quick, right? Like that wasn't even 24 hours, but it's a film. I understand we got to keep it moving. Um, the mom sees a little boy that's lost and at the same time, a guy inside of a store notices it and also at the same time, we see the, walk the lost boys walking in. So there's a lot happening in that scene, kind of setting everybody up. Then we head back to Michael and he's still following Star and Sam sees a comic book shop and let's not sleep on what Corey Haim was wearing. He's wearing like this great long duster with amazing prints on it, like a button up underneath. He's looking good. So um, there's two guys working the shop. We find out later they are the Frog Brothers and they start following Sam. They make a comment on his outfit. Sam talks about um, a certain Superman issue that he's looking for and how certain Supermans can't be next to each other. I, I don't care about that. Okay, so let's cut back to Star. She's going towards the Lost Boys and then she gets on David's bike while she smiles at Michael like, oh, sorry, you know, maybe walk faster next time and they drive off. So the next scene is the couple from the beginning of the movie, the one where David had caressed her face and she, okay, because um, while the Frog Brothers are talking to Sam, there's like some commotion happening right outside their shop and people snatched her comic books and run off. So she's in the car 
and she's reading a comic book laughing and having the time of her life and I remember thinking like are comic books like really that funny I never thought they were but okay while at this time the boyfriend's kissing on her she's like slapping his face away and you know he's loving it next thing you know the roof of their car gets ripped off they get attacked again you don't see the attacks it's all like camera camera angles and tricks you just see them get pulled into the air there's a great little scene about grandpa getting into his nice classic car telling sam we're going into town they're still in the garage he turns on the car for like a second turns it off and sam says i thought we were going into town grandpa's like that's close enough <laughs> all right so now we're back with sam he's at the comic shop once again, um, the brother is the first time they try to shove a vampire comic into his hand. And he's like, this is not really my style. But they're like, here, take this one. Here's our phone number. If you need it, you know, this might help you. It might save your life. So we see Michael. He's back on the pier. He's buying a leather jacket and he's considering getting his ear pierced. Star sees Michael. They start flirting. She's like, he's going to rip you off. I can give you a better price and they're talking they introduce each other they're like yeah we both had you know hippie dippy parents i was close to being called moonbeam he asks her if she wants to go get something to eat she's like okay yeah that sounds great at this time david and the boys have rolled up on their bikes david asks michael if he knows like where a certain spot is um he says something bluff or cliff i can't remember and michael's like listen i can't beat your bike David's like, you don't have to beat me, just keep up. Once again, we are transformed back into a music video. So all the Lost Boys are driving through the beach, you know, the hair is flying, it's foggy, it's a music video, it's the 80s. And then they're going underneath the pier. And then they're going through the woods. And then at this time, we see a bluff and Michael's driving and they're all like egging him on. They're like, yeah, woohoo, this is the time of our life. Michael's like, yay, I've made friends. This is amazing. But then he sees that he is close to the edge. He stops just in time, you know, slides him and his bike slide. <laughs> he gets pissed off, runs at David, punches him in the face, challenges him to a fight. He tries to be really hardcore and says, just you, come on, just you just you and then that's it <laughs> next scene we um head to the lost boys their lair where they live um, they live underground it used to be high class resort until an earthquake came and took it under after this real quick we cut back to a scene with sam in bed reading a comic book and um again this is where you see the rob low poster and oh, so grandpa is also kind of leaving <laughs> his taxidermy creations next to Sam's bed and it's freaking Sam out, which now that I think about it like that, like grandpa's love language was gifts. Okay. And I mean, I guess kind of like a little bit of acts of service, right? Because he's putting all this work into making this taxidermy creation and then is giving it to someone he loves. I, I show more appreciation. All right. So back with the Lost Boys and um, one of them have brought in Chinese food and they start to mess with Michael and telling Michael he's eating maggots and worms when it's really just rice and noodles. 
stars in the background again looking gorgeous wrapped up in a really pretty shawl and she's like leave him alone and one of them's like relax girl and you know no one listens to star because this is america and we don't listen to women next they bring out a bottle and you're thinking it's wine david tells michael to drink and be one of us star says not to do it because it's blood but at this time after all the tricks michael's like yeah uh -huh, sure blood he drinks it all the lost boys start to cheer him on he continues to drink and then there's like a montage and you see them chanting Michael. They're like, Michael, Michael. Michael's having the time of his life, getting drunk with his new friends who try to drive him off a cliff. All right. And Cry Little Sister plays in the backdrop. Um, so, oh, at this point, let me go ahead and add that there is a poster of Jim Morrison from The Doors. And listen, I watched this movie for years and I had no idea who he was. I was like, okay, just some random white guy. <laughs> I don't know. And I didn't know that <laughs> his group band was the one that played uh, the song at the beginning. I mean, they didn't play the version that's played in the movie, um, but that's their song. Anyways, so... Next, the um, guys, the Lost Boys, they're on the a railroad track, but they're kind of on the bridge part of it. And all the guys jump down. Michael looks over and sees that they're just hanging and dangling, having the time of their life. So Michael, you know, takes his time, climbs down, and is hanging off with them. Honestly, at this point, this is where I'm dying because my upper body strength is not there. We hear a train coming. And obviously, you know, the railing is going to shake more and Michael's terrified. Everyone is still having the time of their life and eventually they start letting go one by one. And again, this is another part where um, Joel Schumacher uses the surroundings to make the movie eerie. So first David is telling Michael, you're one of us and to let go, but Michael continues to hold on. And eventually the train passes and then you're just seeing just like a lot of heavy fog, but you hear the Lost Boys like calling his name, saying, let go, Michael, come on, it's okay. You know, and Michael's having this like, you know, do I trust them or and let go or do I hold on? So Michael eventually falling to peer pressure, let's go. And then you get this like scene of him like <laughs> floating and flying and falling through the fog. But then it's the next day and... Michael is in his bed. The mom asks um, Michael to watch Sam because she has a date. She has a date with Max. So we get another scene with Grandpa who's going on a date with the widow Johnson and he is bringing her some of his taxidermy creations and I hope she appreciates them more. We also see him using Windex as aftershave. We love Grandpa. All right, so Michael's walking around during this time. You know, he's like wearing his sunglasses, just being a jerk. Him and Michael, I'm sorry, Michael and Sam are talking. Then all of a sudden we see and hear motorcycle lights and engines revving up. The blinds are shaking. Pots and pans are shaking. Once again, they start chanting his name. Michael goes to open the door and everything stops. And Sam's like, what's going on? And Michael's like, go take your bath. So Michael goes to the fridge to get something to drink, but before he's able to drink anything, he starts to crouch down and his stomach starts to hurt and you just hear his heartbeat, heartbeat starting to increase. 
Sam is in his bath having the time of his, of his life. He's like singing, splishing and splashing. And I remember watching this being jealous of Sam because I feel there comes a time with each child when they're told that they're too old for baths. And honestly, baths are amazing and you should take them whenever you feel like it. Honestly, what I do sometimes, I'll turn the shower on and I'll just like sit down in the tub and just like have the water just like pour down on me. But it's it, it feels great, okay? Like more baths, okay? All right, Michael starts to walk upstairs. He opens the door to the bathroom and he's attacked by Nanook, the family dog. And Sam jumps out the tub. You know, Michael has a big old bite on his palm. And I'm pretty sure this is the first time we actually see blood in the movie, even though other people have been killed. Sam's yelling at Michael, like, what did you do to my dog? And he's like, I did nothing. Nanook attacked me. Sam sees Michael's reflection in the mirror and Michael is looking transparent. Sam freaks out and he's like, you're a vampire. I'm going to go tell mom. <laughs> of course. So Sam calls the Frog Brothers and they go over a checklist of things that confirms that Michael is a vampire. They suggest Sam kills him and Sam obviously is not okay with that idea. By this time, Michael is laying in his bed and then he starts floating up and then hits the ceiling, wakes up, starts to freak out, understandably, because he doesn't know how to get down, how he got up there, and then he starts to fly slash float towards his window. The mom calls to check in and Sam is trying to tell her what's going on and you can hear Michael screaming in the background and she's like, what's all that screaming? What's happening? And then you see Michael's legs floating outside of Sam's room. And then Michael has the other phone and he's like, mom, don't pay attention to Sam. He doesn't know what he's talking about. And of course, obviously Sam freaks out because his brother is on the outside of his window floating. And the mom just like leaves. She just puts that phone down, runs, get in her car and goes like Max just looks outside the window and she has bolted. Didn't even give him a heads up or anything. <laughs> So Michael is screaming at Sam, asking for help. So um, Sam finally opens up his window, allows Michael in. Michael's like, Sam, we have to stick together. I need your help, please. The mom comes home and Sam's like, oops, got carried away. Sorry, mom. <laughs> That's it. Mom's mad, sees the mess in the kitchen. And when she picks up the carton, we see a photo of Laddie on the side of the carton. So Laddie, he was... Um, with Star earlier as she was listening to, um, what's his name? Is it Tim Capello or Jim Capello? To the saxophone guy. And we also see Laddie another time when he's on the back of one of the biker's bikes. So anyways, you see his face, it zooms in on him. He's a missing child. So Michael starts to sneak off as grandpa's returning home from his date. Um, then we cut to a scene. Sam asks his mom if he can sleep with her in the room for the night. And you see that he's made a garlic necklace because the frog brother suggested it. They're like, you know, we sleep, we suggest that you sleep with garlic then to keep your brother away. Cause that's always been the um, trope that garlic vampires don't like it. So, at this point, we see Max. He's returning home from his date, and he hears noises that sound like it could be an animal. We see his dog, Thorn, again, and he just assumes it was him making that noise. And then a kite comes and lands on his back, and it kind of looks like a bat vampire. Then we see and hear the motorcycle lights and engines revving, just like we did earlier over at Michael and Sam's house. 
So at this time, Michael heads back to where the Lost Boys live and he's looking for Star. He asks her what's happening to him and she tells him she doesn't know how to help him. So they just have sex Why? while um, Cry Little Sister plays again. I mean, I don't know. It seems like a good plan to me. Next scene is more camera play flying through the air. It's through the Lost Boys point of view. They're entering the cave. You hear them laughing. Michael wakes up and uh, he wakes up next to Star. He takes the bandage off his wound and it is completely healed. Michael returns home and then at this point his mom wants to have a conversation with him and he's annoyed and she's like come on are we not friends and this was another thing that always got me because I grew up in a black household where it was known that you know your parents were not your friends and what the hell do you think you're doing staying out late all night well first of all like that could not even happen like <laughs> that just was not happening so you know they like I said the mom tries to have a conversation with Michael he's not having it he goes inside and once again grandpa makes a quip about him not being the only one that got lucky last night <laughs> while Sam looks concerned and okay I think Sam is wearing what I believe is a muumu as <laughs> he's like eating his cereal at the breakfast table and it's like a very colorful muumu and it kind of gave me if you watch Vanderpump Rules it gave me Tom Schwartz vibes um again love this for Sam don't love it for Tom Schwartz but I do love it for Sam that he's just like wearing a muumu eating cereal cut to um, the mom, Lucy, she's heading over to Max to give him a bottle of a wine to apologize for running out on their date the night before. At this time, Sam, Sam's in the car with her. He opens up a comic book and it says Hounds of Hell. As the mom is approaching the house, we see Thorn and Thorn starts barking at her and he tries to attack her. But the mom runs off. Sam helps and Sam's freaked out. He goes and sees the Frog Brothers. They deduce that Max may be the leader. And as long as you kill the leader, everyone goes back to normal. So this is Sam's way of not, of being able to go around uh, not killing Michael. So Lucy invites Max over for dinner. <laughs> Grandpa complains saying that they just had company. She tells them they haven't had company since mom died eight years ago. And he says that was soon enough. I feel you on that one. Michael's leaving the house and runs into Max and Max's like, Michael, you're the man of the house and I will not come in until I'm invited. And Michael's like, whatever, motherfucker, you're invited. Which, okay, I always questioned that line because technically it's grandpa's house. So he should be doing the inviting. But I guess it's whoever lives in the house can do the inviting. Because I remember there was a scene in Buffy where Dawn's like running her mouth and she's like, oh yeah, well, why don't you just come in here and show me? And then obviously that gives the vampires the invitation to come in. Whatever. So the Frog Brothers arrive for dinner as well and everyone is having a seat. They start to do things that would affect a vampire. They offer Max Parmesan, but it's actually garlic. Um, Sam throws holy water at him, but it doesn't burn. They turn off the lights, there's no glow and he does have reflection. So they're just like, okay, we got this wrong. Max at this time is like, I know what you guys are trying to do. They freak out. They're like, oh, great. They, he knows our plan. And Max is like, Sam, I'm not trying to take the place of your father. And, you know, he tells Lucy, 
goodbye and leaves. And then we get a, a great glimpse of Grandpa in from his workroom looking at Max like, I don't trust that guy, you know, as he's like nibbling on his own meal because he didn't want to have spaghetti with the group. So next, Michael finds David on the boardwalk, asks him where Star is, and David says, if you want to see Star again, come with me, Michael. All right. So David uh, takes Michael to the secluded area, um, him and the Lost Boys, they climb it to into a tree. And I'm pretty, I think that these were neo-Nazis and skinheads. And I think, I think this mainly because my brother told me that's what they were. So we're just going to go with it. So they're dancing around a bonfire, drinking and listening to Aerosmith and Run DMC walk this way. At this point, the Lost Boys start changing, and this is the first time that you are seeing them with their fangs and their face changing into their vampire, vampire face. They swoop down and start killing the guys. You start seeing them biting into heads, ripping the flesh off their necks. They're screaming for Michael to join them. And I, and I like, and you know, if they're neo-Nazis and skinheads, I was like, I don't feel bad, you know, kill these guys, you know? If they're not, well, sorry, vampires gotta eat. So, you know, Michael's freaking out, you know, should I stay, should I go, what should I do? He punks out, falls out of the tree, rolls down, and then the Lost Boys are like standing at the top of the hill, you know, bloodied up and happy with their locks flowing in the air, looking like a Gap commercial. David says, so now you know what we are. Now you know what you are. You'll never grow old, Michael, and you'll never die, but you must feed. So from there, we cut to Sam in his room. <laughs> He's got like a sleep mask on and takes it off. And there's a big old stuffed owl hovering over his bed. Again, like, let's appreciate these gifts from grandpa. I'm sure that took a lot of time for him to make. He goes to put in the closet, and as he go comes out of the closet, Michael is now in his room. Sam tells Michael that he can help him. He just needs to know who the head vampire is. At this point, Star is outside of the house, like, screaming at Michael, like, can I come up? And he's like, hell nah, I've had enough of your shit. But she flies up into Sam's room, which, again, I don't understand how she was allowed in. Well, I guess, okay, I, it's kind of explained. She flies into Sam's room. Sam freaks out and goes and hides underneath his bed. Star explains that she and Laddie are not completely like them until they make their first kill. So I guess maybe that's why she was able to just come into the house. Michael was supposed to be Star's first kill, but you know, she fell in love with him. Star tells Michael that it's not too late, but it's getting harder for her to resist. And she asks Michael to help her and Laddie. Sam calls the Frog Brothers and they come over. They take grandpa's car and they head to the cave. As, you know, Grandpa's, like, fixing his fence post outside and just looks on, just like, okay, those little bitches, but keep it moving. Michael goes to get Star, and Laddie puts him in the car. You know, it's the daytime. Michael tells Sam, you know, I'm not able to help. I'm, you know, still weak. So he basically goes in the car with Star and Laddie, falls asleep. Um, so it's Sam and the Frog Brothers. They go into the cave. They feel a draft and start to follow the tunnel, which leads them to the Lost Boys. They're confused. They're like, where are the coffins? They look up and they are actually like sleeping upside down. Their feet are clinging onto a bar and they're like, this cave is their coffin. 
So the Frog Brothers climb up to stake one of the vampires, which they do. He starts to scream, and I cannot, um, I think his name was Marco, but he's the actor. Oh, God, I cannot remember his name right now, but he's the villain Ted. He's not Keanu Reeves. He's the other one. Oh, my God. I cannot remember his name right now to kill me. And he's also in another movie that I really love called Freaks. Oh, I feel terrible. I'm sorry. I can't remember your name right now. But anyways, he gets killed. Um, <laughs> and so the other vampires, they start screaming and, you know, they're waking up. And Sam and the Frog Brother start to escape. David grabs Sam leg, <laughs> Sam's leg, and throughout the movie, Sam keeps on trying to make a cross symbol with his finger, and he tries to do it again. <laughs> it's so, so funny, because, like, that's the trope that was done in, like, a lot of vampire movies, like, oh, I'm going to make a cross with my hand, but it never works. It doesn't help. And they grab David. So as David's um, hand still on Sam's leg, they're able to pull his hand into the light, which sets it on fire. And it's all painful, and we know this because... He sheds a single tear. And then David laughs menacingly and he says, tonight. Um, and then also at this point, I want to point out, so Joel Schumacher, he wanted the blood to be very like shimmery and glittery. So that's like why um, when the vampires get staked, it's like very like bright and glittery. Um, so they head back home and Nanook is barking going crazy because they're like yeah there's all these vampires around he's trying to protect and Sam goes and takes him outside at this point grandpa's like you know the rule about filling the car up with gas if you take it out and Michael says no and grandpa goes well now you do chillest man on earth how many of us could have taken our parents or grandparents car without permission then not fill it up with gas and just been told, well, now you know the rule. Listen, love this man. Love him. Okay. At this time, they only have two hours until sundown. So Sam goes to see his mom at work and tries to explain everything to him. Of course, she doesn't believe him and thinks it's all about Max. And I need to put in a side note. If my sons come to me and tell me there's vampires, monsters under the bed, there's monsters in the closet, I'm believing them, okay? You like, you tell me there's something under my bed, you better be following me because I'm already running down the steps to get to the car and you better be close behind. I'm not questioning anything. We are out, okay? All right. So next we head with the Frog Brothers and Sam to a church as they fill up um, their like canteen jugs with holy water and at this time a christening's happening and they're just kind of like you know carry on we're just getting our holy water sam tells grandpa he has a date with the widow johnson so grandpa gets dressed um and he leaves and this allows michael sam the frog brothers to start getting ready they're closing windows they're um, chopping up garlic they're filling the tub with holy water and then um pouring the garlic into the tub so it's lost, it's lost boys. It's nightfall and we see the lost boys in their cave. So, okay, <laughs> they felt, they went back to sleep and I'm just like, okay, wait, you're, you're not even going to like mourn your fallen brethren. <laughs> like <laughs> Marco got killed and you're just going to go back to sleep. Okay. All right. Anyways, they wake up and they realize it's dark. So they head out and they start flying towards the house. At this point, Lucy is at Max's house. Thorne starts barking. 
and um, Lucy gets startled and she's trying um, Max is like is everything okay and she's like oh you know Sam told me something crazy we don't hear what she explains to Max because we cut back to the house and the frog brothers are explaining how all vampires death deaths are different some implode explode some may scream some may go quiet at this point we realize that Nanook is still outside because he's barking because he's sensing something's happening Sam goes out to get him and Michael's af um, runs out after him because at this point Nanook they tied him up like on a wooden post and he's walked around several times Star, Laddie, and the Frog Brothers are screaming, saying, hurry up, they're coming. And again, it's aerial shots, kind of like um, from a first person's point of view, um, just kind of flying over the trees. And then Sam and Michael are running back towards the house. Of course, there has to be that trope where someone falls, Sam falls, then Michael falls. But they get back into the house just in time. One of the vampires comes in through the fireplace. I don't know what his name is in the movie, but I know in real life his name is Billy Worth. He jumps on the chandelier, kicks Michael. All right, so side note. So Billy Worth, okay. So I'm pretty sure The Lost Boys was probably like the movie where I was like, okay, yeah, I think I'm attracted to the opposite sex. But let me tell you something. The Corys, they never did it for me as I've watched probably like mostly all the movies they've been in and I never found them to be attractive. Jason Patrick, um, like he, he wasn't really doing it for me. Kiefer, Kiefer, I can't even say his name right. Kiefer Sutherland, like fine, whatever. But Billy Worth, whew, he was hot, man. Mm. Hottie. He, 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 he should have been the star. Okay. Anyways, he jumps through, hangs off the chandelier, kicks Michael, knocks Michael out. Um, okay. And then l l listen, Michael, <laughs> Michael from here on out is like, kind of worthless in this movie we'll get we'll get to that so at this point the frog brothers run upstairs they try to kill star and laddie she stars like laddie run and as they're running through the bathroom they run into the other vampire the blonde who's got great hair great bangs great blowout he slaps away their stakes and he's like you killed marco and they're like yeah you're next they're in the bathroom where the tub is filled with garlic and he's like, haha, garlic doesn't work on us. And um, it's Corey Feldman. I think he's Edgar Frog. And he goes, well, it's actually holy water, splashes some onto his face. Nook comes, pushes him into the tub. And this causes, causes him to die, but this also just messes up all the plumbing of the whole house. Blood is pouring out everywhere toilets are exploding like from the sink in the bathroom from the kitchen just, it's just like blood absolutely everywhere and I think Nanook okay good on him for pushing the vampire into this tub of holy water but I always wondered I'm like how did the tub get drained? And this was such a waste of holy water. But all right, whatever. Michael's passed out and Sam's trying to wake him up. But the vampire grabs a hold of Sam, lifts him into the air. Sam has um, a water gun because they had filled up water guns in the tub. Sprays him in the face, gets dropped, grabs a bone arrow and shoots at the vampire. Sam thinks he got, he got him and starts to approach him. The vamp pops up and goes, you miss, sucker. 
You remember when that was like the insult to call people sucker? S-U-C-K-A, not E-R-A. So Sam shoots another arrow and this time he hits him, pushes him back into the stereo system. You know, electricity is flying. This causes the vampire to explode. Music starts playing. And then, oh, look at that. Michael decides to like wake up and be involved. At this time, they start to run up the steps to check on everybody else. And Michael sees blood spewing everywhere in the kitchen. And then David attacks Michael, kicking him back down the steps. Sam goes and sees the Frog Brothers. They're telling each other about which vamps they got. And while they're doing this, Laddie is underneath the bed, transforming. He busts through the middle of the bed and like, you know, fiber filling, everything starts flying everywhere. The Frog Brothers try to get him, but Star busts in and tells them to stay away. And he's just a little boy while she's like, literally having to like hold him back from attacking. She's telling them to stay away. Okay, sure. That was like supposed to be like a comedic scene, which, you know, it is. It's cute. All right. Downstairs, David is playing hide and go seek with Michael. Michael eventually gets mad after he got like scratched up a few times. His face transforms and now they're flying through the air, fighting each other. And, you know, since, again, Grandpa has all this taxidermy, he has... um like deer heads and stuff mounted on the walls. There are tons of sharp antlers everywhere. They're trying to push each other into them. David's, you know, talking that cash shit. Michael overpowers him, kills David. And then David transforms back to like human form as we one more time here cry a little sister. Thou shall not kill. I'm not a singer. And don't sue me for copyright. All right. Michael is still part vamp. His face hasn't changed back. Star comes running down the stairs, sees that David's dead, but Michael grabs her and he's like, don't let him see me like this. Um, and Sam, everyone else comes into room, sees David is dead and they're like, yeah, this is great. And Michael's like, Sam, stay away. Something's not right. And Star's like, yeah, I don't feel any different. Lucy and Max come home. And Lucy's like, what's going on? Sam's trying to talk to her. Max calmly heads over, sees David, takes his face and, you know, kind of turns it from side to side. And then he walks off. And Star and Michael are still kind of like hidden in the side, like in the shadow, so he can't see them. Max starts to apologize and says David and his boys misbehaved. And at this point, everyone realizes that Max is the head vampire, but the tests did not work on him because once he's invited in, he's basically, you know, immune. Max tells Lucy that it was her that he really wanted, and he basically just wanted a mom for the lost boys. And Max face, Max's face transforms, and um, I was going to say that he and Michael fight, but he literally takes Michael, because uh, Michael at this point is like, I didn't invite you in this time, Max. And he runs towards, towards Max and Max like throws his ass like a rag doll. And then once again, Michael's passed out. Like so fucking useless. Okay. Everyone tries to fight back and he has Sam in a headlock and he tells Lucy, don't fight it, Lucy. And like puts his hand out to join. And let me tell you something. Lucy takes Max's hand like real fucking quick. Like she put up no fight at all. She took that hand and like 
craned her neck to the side. And I mean, listen, I understand. I'm a mom. Sometimes you're just tired of doing life and want other people to make the decisions for you, I guess. Next thing you know, we hear a car approaching and here comes Grandpa driving through the front. It's playing that, like, the La Cucaracha um, theme. And um, then you see, like, the fence post that he were using to, um, he was using to, like, fix his fence. And, of course, the ends are shaped like a stake. And so Michael all of a sudden wakes up, pushes Max into it. Max gets staked. And then he goes flying into the fireplace, blows up, and then there's, like, soot on everyone. Everyone's normal again. Everyone's happy, hugging, like we made it. The Frog Brothers are trying to um, figure out how much they're going to charge for their services. I like that. And don't forget the tax. Grandpa, unbothered, goes into the kitchen, gets a drink. Lucy's like, Dad, are you okay? She's like, Dad. And he goes, one thing about living in Santa Carla, I can never stomach. All the damn vampires. Lucy, Max, and Sam are just staring at Grandpa. And the only light you have is the light from the fridge. And then the door closes. And then the light dims out on their shocked face. And then the song, People Are Strange, starts to play again. And then here come the uncredits. Scene. I mean... Okay, do we think that Grandpa and Widow Johnson were going out and killing vampires? I think that's a theory that needs to be looked into, and um, that'd be actually pretty cool. All right, so yeah, that's the film. I love it. Amazing. Uh, you have to let me know your thoughts on it. I'm pretty sure by this time, almost everyone has seen it. If not, what are you waiting for? So I remember a couple years ago, this is just kind of random. I was listening to an interview that Kiefer Sutherland did. He was like, I think on like Radio Andy or something. And he and Jason Patrick were pretty good friends. Um, and I'll get into another story about how they were not pretty good friends in a moment. So <laughs> and he said like during one lunch scene break or something him and Jason Patrick went out to get lunch and they were on the pier and they saw some cute girls and they were trying to flirt with them but the girls were absolutely terrified because they forgot that they had like their vampire face makeup on um which I thought was pretty funny and so Kiefer and Jason Patrick were really good friends Kiefer Sutherland was engaged to Julia Roberts. <laughs> they were going to get married. And she ends up dumping him and leaving him for Jason Patrick. And that's created like a riff in their relationship for a really long time. I think they got back cool again recently. But let me tell you something. Julia Roberts, she is that girl. Like, and I mean, nothing against Kiefer, but I think she kind of dodged a bullet with him. Um, another fun tidbit that I like about The Lost Boys, well, it was um, from another movie, and I'll probably cover this one and mention it there again, but if you have seen Us by Jordan Peele at the beginning of the movie when they are walking on the pier, the mom says, oh, look, they're filming a movie over there, and that the movie that they're filming is The Lost Boys. So I absolutely love how Jordan Peele tied that into the film. Um, that's just the 
the power of the Lost Boys. So yeah, uh, let me know what your thoughts are on this movie, what you like, what you don't like. And um, until next time, bye. Bye.